Hello, hello, beautiful people, and welcome to the Watch List Burn book. Hey! <laughs> this week, we are covering His House, the 2020 movie written by Remy Weeks, which follows a refugee couple as they cope with their sins they committed on the way to Britain, as well as the sins of the white people that are welcoming them. <laughs> um, so to start this little talk off, when I watched this, the first thing I thought of was The Babadook, especially because both movies follow follow a couple of people who are having to deal with and cope with their trauma, and their trauma manifests into this nasty horrifying entity in their home um however i personally think this was much better than the babadook i agree yeah i think jackie and i have coined a term (laughs) for this topic but both films use something that we like to call like a trauma monster basically you know the the big emotional hurdle that the main character is battling manifests itself into some kind of physical haunt. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Babadook, it is just the physical Babadook, which is the mother's depression. And in this film, it's several ghosts of <laughs> several people, um, but most notably, many of the people who traveled with Ball and Rial from South Sudan, along with their daughter, who we later find out is not their actual child. Oof, um, yeah. <laughs> all of those people who drown, um, they all resurface as ghosts. Um, and that mechanic was used so much better in this movie. Like it felt purposeful. Yeah. And it honestly also looked incredible. Like in my last rewatch, I realized that the way they designed the Apeth, especially, Mm -hmm. um, reminded me so much like Pan's Labyrinth and any of the creatures that Guillermo del Toro makes. Yes. And um, I know the Babadook was made to kind of like resemble a children's story because that was like a whole plot point. But having all of that like, creative creature making in like turning the people that they have known into these they they still looked human but they were like representative of essentially how like bowl especially wronged them that it just mm-hmm. just the creativity that went into that was so captivating and i thought that made it so much better and like so much more enjoyable to watch yeah i agree and i i like that with this movie I think in contrast to the Babadook, we get a haunting actually pretty early on in the film. Mm -hmm. It's like 12 minutes and 30 seconds in, actually. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Which is which is really cool. And and I think I think it is Niagak at first. Like Mm -hmm. it's like Ball is um like looking at something in the wall and she shows up briefly behind him and she's like suffocating and it's so minuscule um but it's like we start to get little hints even then 
And I think with the Babadook, it just like in movies of a similar vein, they they can sometimes drag before you get to the actual haunting part of the movie. Um, And I liked that with this one, all of the like plot development and like exposition is happening at the same time as all of the horror elements. So we don't have to like get a whole backstory before we get the spooky or get the spooky before we learn, you know, who these people are. Like we're getting it all. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, the overall pacing in this was perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, Between the bits where Riel and Bull are having to um, face the outside world as well as like, they, they come home, it's nighttime, and then especially Bowl is getting attacked by his demons in the house. Like, the pacing of all of that was really good, and I felt that the, I'm going to call it a plot twist, because I think it is technically a plot twist, but the reveal that Nyagak isn't their child, and that that's, she's who Bowl stole in order to mm-hmm. build his house. The way they revealed that was perfect because i feel like if they revealed that too early in the movie we wouldn't have been we wouldn't have been interested in watching so like having that as the final thing like the final bit that both characters have to remember and face again and then they jump headfirst into their final battle with the apeth it just it was perfect yeah i agree i like that both of them are forced to have a moment of reckoning Mm -hmm. because i i love that moment um where rial runs out of her house and into the schoolyard where she was with all of her friends and she asks them where's my daughter and they are like who Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then they show the whole flashback and then go back to it and you like pan in on her face and she's sobbing and they're like you have no daughter and I was like oh my god like this is done so so well because I didn't I didn't catch it the first round um but there's a moment right before that where Rial and and Ball are arguing and she says our daughter but before she can finish daughter he covers her mouth yeah it it hits so much harder when you know that Nyagak isn't their daughter. Mm-hmm. So I, I I also along with that I love how even when she was in the when Rial was in the doctor's office, and that and that nurse was she a nurse or a doctor I can't remember. She um asked if she asked Rial if that necklace was her daughter's and she didn't answer. Mm-hmm. So like when at that point when Rial comes around and does say that Nyagak was her daughter, it just, oh my God. Oof. It, it gave me chills when I knew. <laughs> yeah. it It's like, I think it's particularly haunting on a second watch mm-hmm. when you really have learned the truth about all of it. Um, watching that movie from the beginning with the knowledge of what they have done. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just, it, it really, I think definitely, and not to make, you know, make it seem like the Babadook is a bad movie because it isn't. But I think just something that this movie does really well is really develop that idea that the thing that you, that you've been fighting this like big demon monster that you think has been against you, this whole movie is you, which is like a, 
a trope that is seen in a lot of movies, you know, not even just horror movies, like people's inner demons manifesting as outer ones, you know, it can be in comedy or whatever. But I think that this movie really just, it does a really good job of not letting us know exactly what it is all the way mm-hmm. until we've until we've watched the main characters like be forced to reckon with what they've tried to forget which is why i think the ending of his house is so much more satisfying than the babadooks because mm-hmm. both movies do have that moment where uh the mother and the babadook but bull they have to directly face their inner demons and then there they there is that moment where they like choose their own like survival and like to save themselves and um they don't officially like kill their demon they just learn to live with it and in the babadook it it was fine that like she kept her depression in the basement, you know, under lock and key, and she fed it every now and then. But there was something about having those images of Bol and Rial standing amongst all of those people who didn't survive from that boat in their house, as well as openly discussing it with Matt Smith, that Mm -hmm. just makes it feel like they did fully come to terms with those demons and those ghosts and they actually are living with them that like just didn't I don't know if that that emotion really hit from the Babadook and they nailed it in his house all right so next up we would like to spend some time really focusing on a big part of this movie which is immigration and refugees and asylum seekers and this movie takes place in England and while I don't know you know that much about immigration policies in England we can read headlines um (laughs) and uh refugees immigrants people who aren't deemed worthy enough to be citizens are treated like shit and this movie does a really good job of and i hate to say like this movie's great about subjecting people to institutional (laughs) racism (laughs) but you know i think it's very honest (laughs) yeah it it feels weird saying that but it's it's brutal and i like that they don't sugarcoat it and that mm-hmm. it's still so central to the plot and the life that Bola Real are living because it's a part of their world. It's it's a part of our world, but like in the in the movie, just how that community, like the, the community of like that little British town that they live in, how they view them is so central to like their relationship as well as how they're coping with everything that they did in order to get there. So unfortunately, yeah, I agree. I like that. I like that we have that scene where um, Bol and Rial are sitting in like that gym in front of that panel and they're like 10, at least 10 feet away from the people on the panel. And they're getting read their their rules while they're on like quote bail. Oh um, my god! Yes, it's whew, it's ridiculous. So stupid. Oh, it's ridiculous. Um, but like watching that scene, it made me immediately think of how people on disability here in the states are treated. Mm-hmm. 
And that's something that people love to talk about because it's wrong. Like we we should we should fix that. <laughs> Absolutely. At the government. But things like that are always like so focused on like how Americans are doing it wrong that like people don't talk about how like Britain and France are also doing horrible things to asylum seekers. Yeah. So it was really good to see all of those horrible interactions because it, it hits you. It's gutting. Yeah. And I, I think it was also, you know, I am not I am not an immigrant. I don't come from immigrants either. But it was I don't know if gratifying is the word to use, but I guess I'm going to say gratifying. And if I find a better word, I will use it. But to see a story about immigrants that were black people, mm-hmm. because I don't think that stories are off always told. <laughs> especially in ways that aren't just like trauma porn. And I I think that this this film was able to circumvent a a really a really bad route it could have gone down cuz it's like yeah, it's so weird to be like I appreciate all of the brutality that they experienced, but I I guess yeah, what we're trying to say is like this movie yeah, didn't hold back on the fact that Britain and just detention centers in general are shitty places and you can't just assume, you know, like, oh, well, we gave them a home. That's all we had to do. His house is bigger than my house. You know, exactly. Like you at least you have a house now. Mm-hmm. There's there's no support. There's no like, yeah, when Matt Smith drops them off, he's like yeah I'll, I'll draw you a map to show you around the neighborhood uh, make sure you say hi to your neighbors try to fit in make sure you're good make it um, easy for people yeah, yeah like make yourself palatable but like you're you're right in all of that um i'm gonna i'm gonna hop back a little bit uh into what you said but it's refreshing to see their story in a way that like isn't like you said trauma porn and like we get like gratuitous pieces of their experience like the really heavy like physically violent pieces of their experience in a way where we like understand enough of it to like understand what these people have gone through and like how they have to cope with everything um and like in that it's also enough to you you really do feel seen even though you like i like i have not been through an experience like that but it like just seeing their story in a way that doesn't capitalize off of their their bloody history is refreshing yeah (laughs) i guess it's yeah yeah. like all the moments that we got in the past it wasn't like you know it didn't feel like even if it was the same memory or like similar memories it didn't feel like oh my god here they go they have to show us this scene again like it never Mm -hmm. felt like that you know whenever we got information or scenes from their past it really just felt like more of a reminder that you know when people come and seek refuge just because they're coming to a place and looking for help, you know, it doesn't mean that they should be forced to forget every everything and everyone that they've left behind mm-hmm. um, for the sake of assimilating or fitting into a quote unquote better society because that's just fucked. Like you shouldn't, mm-hmm. people shouldn't have to erase every single part of themselves to, to survive. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of people, so many people do. And it's just, yeah, it, I think this movie really, you know, hounds in the point that 
like, and not that any of the white people recognize this. It's like the audience is supposed to figure it out because the white people are clueless. But, you know, you aren't like, this isn't like a pat yourself on the back, like you've done a good thing. You're such a good person, you know, situation. Like you, you have not helped these people mm-hmm. at all. And, and so there's nothing like they aren't charity. They aren't like a good cause. Like these are human beings mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you can't just discard people like that. Um, and yeah. that was the whole point of this movie being created. Like, especially you can't, you can't kick people out of their home <laughs> when they're ungrateful. You can't kick them out of your country if you think that they are ungrateful for like the, the baseline things that you did for them. And that's, I like that that was such a heavy point in this. Like it, it saw white saviorism and it like nailed it right on the nose. You know, mm-hmm. I kept forgetting. Like I just, I, I wanted to forget Matt Smith every time he opened his mouth um, because he, he had all of those lines about like, oh, you'll be sent back. Like if they think, um, you know, why is he biting the hand that's feeding him? Mm-hmm. I, he's like, I'm, I'm not gonna say that, but other people are gonna say it. Um, or like, yeah, just you know if they think you aren't adjusting and it's like who are you i think about that scene where bull goes downtown to um talk to matt smith in his office all the time it it's so rough watching bull try to explain it and then everyone in the office watching him talk to matt smith like just cuz they they don't they don't understand and they are like so they are so like distanced from bowl and like understanding and they don't even like they won't even like think about what's going on you know mm-hmm. i'm doing a really bad job of explaining this but <laughs> <laughs> But like the like especially the way like Bull has his nervous laughter and like that is always judged and mocked through the whole thing and it it, yeah. it breaks my heart every time that everyone will like look down on him when he does that like everybody in immigration will just look down on him and it's like what what are you doing like yeah exactly <laughs> a new job if you think that you know God oh it drives me bonkers I hate it yeah and like Matt Smith also when he's like we all end up places where we don't expect ourselves to be in basically trying to all the times that he tried to fake empathize Uh with ball and being like you know i i also worked in a bank and i you know i i think you're a good person and i like shut up white man i don't care how well-meaning you think you are you are still racist as hell and you're you're still gonna (laughs) snitch on this couple to your supervisors and granted you're gonna feel bad about it but you still did it exactly you you said you wouldn't yeah yeah and like we at the end of the movie we really don't know if bull and real made it and i know that's not the that's definitely not the point that like they were able to survive and cope with everything like outside of that and that just was a piece of struggle like for them to go on their own personal coping journey i guess mm-hmm. but i i cannot forget that Matt Smith did that. Me neither. It, it's it's horrible. It's horrible, and it just fires me up. <laughs> yeah, another scene that really gets me, and it like it pisses me off because it it's one of those like, and you can tell like the whole point of the scene was to make you feel the way that the scene makes me feel. But when Rial is trying to find 
the clinic. Ooh, yeah. Um, and she sees a group of black boys and she tries to ask them for help and they just start mocking her in her accent and like send her uh, all different kinds of directions, tell her to go back to Africa. Um, and it's just like, it's really shitty because you think, you know, you already have to be like force yourself to assimilate into whatever the mainstream culture is. But then you think that there is a community that should welcome you and then they don't either and you get support from no one and just how alienating that can be it it was really i think it really emphasized just like what we collectively do as a society um and what we need to do better oh yeah oh yeah that god that scene hurts i i couldn't watch it the second time i watched the movie i just had to skip over it uh just because it's 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 gutting but it's what we need to know and i'm glad that the movie like handled all of that material in such a careful way where it like wasn't it, it was still gratuitous and it still made us feel what we needed to and like think about our actions wherever we are you know yeah all right something that i like about this movie is how against all of that heavy material we still have these lovely pieces of Rial and Bull's relationship. They are they are so cute. Like right from the get-go, their their body language and the way they interact with each other is just so lovely. It's very tender and just like indicative of, you know, they've survived a lot. So they're just close. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily like, you know, ew, gushy, romantic. It's like, no, they are just, they operate together. Mm-hmm. And like, even their little quips are cute. Like that yeah. scene where that old woman is walking in the street and they're looking out the window. And then, <laughs> and then they're like, oh, look, that's their queen. It's like, where's Charles? Like to this old wo- this random old woman. Like that is so funny. It is so funny and it's so nice that they have like a little shared sense of humor amidst everything. Yeah, I agree. I think that they're, yeah, the moments where we get to see them really have a companionship are really nice because for a good portion of the movie, we do see their relationship is like pretty it gets pretty contentious so it's cool that for like a few moments um here and there yeah we just get to see them be like a couple like that moment um where ball is actually having a nightmare but he wakes up and (laughs) real asks what he's dreaming about and he's like our wedding and she's like that explains the screaming like that's that's funny you know (laughs) It is so lovely. Uh, yeah. It's so it makes like as soon as their relationship starts to falter, it makes it hit like even harder, especially since those reasons are over I guess assimilation and um how they are trying to survive in this tiny British town. So like it it's it's hard to see them after like everything that they've been through together and then everything they did for each other in order to get to that space 
as soon as they get there, their relationship starts to hit a rocky point, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Um, I guess, like, they're fighting while this is happening. But in between that, um, there's a flashback scene where, um, well, there are two f- flashback scenes that they're, like, directly related. Um, but it's after we discover, like, Rial survived basically a, a massacre at the school by hiding in the cupboard and then Ball comes and finds her and they like escape together and he it was it was I didn't I don't think I noticed it as much the first time but I definitely noticed it the second time I watched it um he focuses so hard on making sure that she doesn't look mm-hmm. at the bodies of her friends um and I I like that in all of the moments where we see them be a couple, there's actually very little romance, mm-hmm. you know, but there's so much intimacy. Um, Cause that scene follows and they're like laying on a roof hiding while men below with guns are, you know, patrolling out of the city after killing basically everybody in sight. And it's like really gruesome imagery and it's like i hate to have it be like they survived all of that look at their love because that's not what this is about you know like (laughs) and that's not where i'm going but yeah it's just it was it was nice to see that there was a point in time where you know they really 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 did and do still even though you know it takes a moment for them to figure it out again but care about each other yeah because it like you're right it's not about their love enduring all obstacles it's it's about their support of each other if anything in their relationship which is why at the end when Rial comes back and kills the Apeth before it takes Bol, I, I feel a little guilty for saying that I didn't expect her to do that. <laughs> Me neither. Like, yeah, like, I, I, I don't know. I, it just, it, it didn't, it, it didn't seem like she was going to do that after everything, like, all of the rifts that, like, or I guess, like, the really big rift that had shown up as soon as they got into that house. But that's that's what it's all about it's the fact that like even though they were especially bull was so stubborn in how he was going to cope with everything that happened and that real just had her own way and she wasn't going to do it a different way um that like in spite of all that they still came back together together to do that for each other yeah i agree and i also similarly did not think that she was (laughs) i thought he was done for Mm -hmm. and i was like well um not to say that you deserve it but i would not blame her if she decides fuck you I I also yeah. you locked her in the house. I <laughs> <Yeah>! <laughs> That did happen. That was a whole you know and he he never got like physically or even really verbally abusive but like you locked her in the house. You it, you were you were doing a lot. 
yeah, just just because you were stubborn, you know, like yeah, <laughs> like you were so convinced that you the the solution to all of your problems was just to you know to fit in and to and to be be good when in reality like you you really do have some literal skeletons in your closet like Mm -hmm. (laughs) um Mm -hmm. and yeah it just I thought that it was really interesting um to see a narrative about you know do we assimilate or don't we because I didn't think that was was even gonna be like a big focus um but that that becomes like a huge divide in their relationship I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. Because when I first started this movie, I thought the house was haunted and they were stuck there, mm-hmm. you know? So being able to see, like, their, their haunting as well as, like, the assimilation narrative, like, so closely interwoven was really nice. Because, like, I... we this is not gonna be the only time I say this, but like literally every piece of this movie was like so dependent on each other. Um, like all the, all the different storylines and all the different elements were just so, they relied on each other in order to like fully get the story out there, which is, which was so nice, which was so nice. Um, I got a little off topic, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a good point. And it's a, it's a valid one because I, I agree. I think that this movie really does build on itself. And yeah, all of the tiny little parts that make it, you know, what it is, make it something really, really special. Okay, so now's the time to talk about how our favorite two protagonists literally stole a child. Because <laughs> that was the plot twist of the century for me. I, I did not. I... I don't know what I thought was going to be the like additional twist with Niagak aside from the fact that they let her drown, but the fact that they stole her. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought the only issue is that they just saved themselves and they didn't or both saved Rial and um they just let Niagak drown. But ooh, finding out that Bol did that in order to save Rial and get them out of Sudan was just wow because like it on one hand like I understand that he was willing to just do anything in order to protect her but at the same time you stole a literal child from her mother it doesn't it doesn't matter why like you 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 took a human being Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then you proceeded to let her die which is what really, really is like the one-two punch, you know? Like, not only did you take someone from her family, but you just didn't even try to protect her after you, you know, had to, you had a whole other being that you had to technically care for. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you literally showed her and the rest of, you know, all the people that you encountered that she is just some some you're treating her like something not a person mm-hmm. and you know something to just be used to get your way mm-hmm. which is the the a pet's whole point you know like you you should not be alive <laughs> mm-hmm. because there were plenty of times where bull and real should should have died yeah. um 
in, you know, like it would have, it still would have been an abduction, but like it would have been a little different had Niagak's mom not been there, hmm. mm-hmm. you know, like had she like already died or something and yeah. they found her wandering, you know, like yeah. that would have been a lot different than just like literally just seeing a random child and noting like knowing that there's guns approaching and and being like she's a child let me on the bus since you're only letting people with children on the bus yeah i didn't even think about it like that when when i finished my first thought was like you know technically nyagak's mother could think about the fact that like she could she could have a better life since she got out of sudan so like there's there's a way to rationalize it there but like not knowing that your child was then left behind by the people that greedily took her <laughs> and then i completely i completely forgot that like the reason why bull grabbed that child is because because all the people there probably have died so like that was the last time that yagak saw her mother before she was most likely killed so that makes it worse it does that make really it worse makes it worse because the last image that she has of her mom is her mom chasing that van down, yeah. screaming her name, yeah. and 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 Bull like clutching her and telling her to hush while she's like screaming for her mother. And it's like you went through all of that, you did all of that to that child. Finally, you know, get her somewhat safe. Tell her that she's going to be protected because Rial literally tells her, mm-hmm. I'm going to protect you. And then you let her drown. All of that. You you do all of that. You pass this child off as your own to the point where even the people at the detention center know that you had a child yeah. with you and ask about her. Uh, like you did all of that and then kill her, essentially. Which is why I feel so bad for all of Riel's guilt. Yeah. Because she she really did what she could, but mm-hmm. like she, it wasn't it wasn't enough. And I I hate that she is riddled with like that much guilt over it when like Bull does have his own guilt and I guess he's like trying to cope with it in his own way, which is the whole part of the movie, but like it's still it does not compare to the amount of regret that Rial has and shows throughout the movie yeah you know she has so much guilt for something that she didn't even do and she had to deal with we love you yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right so now on a lighter and more fun note um all of our fun favorite spooky moments. Um, the the whole movie wasn't like a bunch of spooky, scary, like jump scares, which meant that like the times that it didn't ha- did happen were incredible. <laughs> My personal favorite is that bit where Bull is turning the light on and off, and then all of the all of the ghosts are trying to kill him, but they're like only showing up when the lights are off. And there's like a little bit of a battle between like him and Yagok, like on the light switch. It is so well done. Cause like, that's a bit that like happened that we've, we've seen that bit before in horror movies. It's, it's not new, but like the way that they did it 
was really good. Yeah, because it's like we know and Ball kind of knows like technically they can't really hurt him. Mm-hmm. And it's like most of it is his mind, you know, but at the same time, it's so scary. Mm-hmm. And it's like that moment where it culminates to like all of all of the zombies looming in on him and then Niagak like climbing on his shoulders with the knife like about to slit his throat oh, yeah I was like oh my god <laughs> and then he escalated yeah and then he like finally hits the light switch and then they're all gone but like he's still he's still acting like they're there you know it's just it was so smooth and seamless which is why it was so terrifying <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah and even earlier in that scene where he has the lights on and he thinks like oh okay they're gone and you can see her footsteps oh, and hear yeah. her still and then he has to turn the lights off to make her go away yeah <laughs> it's like this is this is great Nyagak just like as a ghost or monster she was amazing I thought all of her moments and scares were all earned like even when she's it's just that disembodied humming that she does mm-hmm. even that was super eerie and it was really good yeah or there's um there's like one small moment where she's like help me help me i can't swim and it sounds so scary uh-huh it's so it's so faint that like when when I first watched this, I didn't have headphones in. I just watched it over the TV. And, like, I didn't really hear any of those, like, little faint whisperings. I just saw them on the subtitles. So when I had headphones in and I was actually, like, watching, watching it, it it's so spooky. Like, the sound editing on that is so good. Yeah. it's it's This movie is edited really, really well. Mm-hmm. Like, all the little skittering behind the walls, too. Yeah. Just sounds so spooky. Yeah, it, like, it just, it's really, I don't, I hate to just keep saying it's really good over and over again, but, like, it, it in terms of, like, just horror movie elements, you know, plot mm-hmm. aside, just, like, when you got a basic horror movie, like, does, is this shit scary? Yes, but not in, like, the usual way, like, the monsters don't feel like they don't they don't manifest in I guess a way that usual like demons or hauntings or whatever do like they yeah it's like they 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 come with purpose you know like it's not just like oh time for me to haunt you now like (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah like they show up and they're like actively instigate bull's process of destroying the house yeah i like like especially that that scene where he accidentally rips out the lighting and then he keeps ripping out all the the cords and then it turns into that rope with all the seaweed in it and then yagak's doll is like right in the middle of it too which comes out in like that abrasive like snap of like the sound and the music and everything Oh, wow. It's good. I just can't, I can't say it enough. We can't say it enough. It's really good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or, um, the scene where a lot of, it's a lot of the like boat imagery, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. but a similar scene where Ball and Rial were having dinner and Rial leaves and Ball is just sitting at their dining room table 
and then it pans out and you see at first it's just like a destroyed wall so at first you're like oh my god ball what else did you <laughs> what else did you break down um but then you realize like oh no it's like it's supposed to be like you know like a shipwrecked like <laughs> thing mm-hmm. at sea and he it's you know and it transforms into this huge scene um yeah, I, I thought that was cool. All of the moments where it returns back to the sea because something new happens every time mm-hmm. he goes back to the ocean. Um, I really, although it freaked me out, I watched it again today and I, I had to stop looking at the screen. But when there's that one scene where he like his arms get held down and then they like force his head to look and then Niaga opens her mouth and it's like a squid or octopus. <gasps> coming out and I was like oh, oh. <laughs> yeah so gross but like so scary mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. honestly like any any time where they were in the house and then it like seamlessly flipped over to like essentially it's like that dream sequence and then it would just come back and it really like the 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 one i'm thinking about is like that one where um bowl is eating dinner and like they zoom out and it's the shipwreck and then i'm also thinking about the time where Rial opens the door to try and find him and then it's that shot of everybody in the back of the truck and Mm -hmm. somebody has a flashlight on him like it's so it's so seamless it really makes it feel like all of those events like exist in that house if that makes sense like it's not like super disjointed anytime they're like flashing back into any of their memories it's like it really is like all of those pieces are like living in the house with them which is why it's so spooky like yeah the world building on this is incredible yeah i agree because it feels instead of you know it being like oh this is their minds you know playing tricks on them it really does feel like something that they're experiencing in real time Mm -hmm. and so then like we as the audience are also experiencing it in real time even though like we all collectively know like you know this is illusions and tricks being played on them but like it's not because it is so entrenched in where they live because it's about them and it technically you know if they wanted to they could have made this movie like so much longer um and like followed them as they moved to different houses and you learn like oh the apeth is gonna follow them wherever they go like you know like Mm -hmm. they could have done that and they i'm very glad that they didn't (laughs) because this movie is a perfect length but yeah it i think that they really i agree they really made sure to keep all of the moments where things change and transition still in the same place so that it feels like yeah you just open a door and suddenly you're in a memory oh just so good the babadook walked so this could run you know (laughs) (laughs) all right it is about that time for our favorite section of the podcast our michelin stars segment (laughs) and if you are unfamiliar with the michelin star system it is a system used by the michelin tire company uh to rate restaurants (laughs) where a restaurant with a one star rating is a very good restaurant one with two stars is one that has excellent cooking that is worth a, a detour 
And a three-star restaurant is one that has exceptional cuisine that is worth a special journey. So with all of that criteria, we have decided to award his house with a drum roll, please. A three. Because you need to watch it. Period. Add it to your watch list. Mm-hmm. It is good, and it is good every time you watch it. It makes you feel the exact same way you did when you watched it the first time, like, every time you watch it. Yeah, and you even, you know, if you are not like me, you probably don't miss a lot of things your first watch through of a movie, so you probably won't notice new things the second time around. But, you know, <laughs> on the off chance that you are like me, um, you will. And... <laughs> It's a cool experience to be like, wow, I missed that. That really changes a lot of, you know, my perspective on this scene. Like, I think, yeah, this this is a movie that I think you can watch over and over again. And I don't know, maybe not discover something new, but maybe discover something that you liked that you didn't before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, and plus, like, this isn't, a traditional horror movie so i think it's good for anybody even if like you aren't a big horror fan you know because it's not like riddled with jump scares there's a there's a couple things in there that like kind of feel jump scary but it's just it's just a well-made movie you mm -hmm. know it's not like specifically a well-made horror movie it's just a well-made movie period yes exactly and yeah, it's a it's a story that I don't I don't want to say why isn't this being told because it is people there's no shortage of stories being told, but I think that it is something that more people need to actively invest their own time and attention in actually informing themselves about what is going on mm -hmm. to people that they don't know um mm -hmm. because i it's just i think that this film is really important in that regard in emphasizing you know the fact that it's not enough to just be like people should be allowed to immigrate here yes no like <laughs> that is not enough yeah um, and so i think yeah it's it's important that we we do hear stories that you know make might make you uncomfortable or might make you feel you know like damn i really am not doing enough for the immigrant community in my city or my country because you probably aren't a lot of us are not mm -hmm. then that's the point because mm -hmm. this is not a story that's just only happening in this little tiny town in britain you know this is happening just about anywhere yeah. <laughs> globally so yeah you're you're right this is this is a very important piece to watch and then sit with afterwards yeah and i would recommend you know if you are a person who likes to do some reading um to just read up on the writer's of the story, not the film itself, but the story where it came from, um, and just hear them talk about it as well, because they also have shared a lot of similar thoughts to points that we've made, um, just mm -hmm. about why this movie <laughs> needs to exist. Um, and instead of me butchering their words, I would really recommend that y'all look them up. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. So let me find their names really quickly. Uh, Felicity Evans and Tony Venables. Just look up their names and just read about this movie. Do your reading. 
Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed listening, be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever it is you're listening and to follow us on our socials at the watchlist VU1 on Twitter and Instagram. If you have thoughts on this episode that you'd like to share, or if you hated everything we said, be sure to drop us a voice message on our website. On our next episode, we'll be covering Bridgerton, which is available to watch on Netflix. Happy watching, and don't forget to do the reading.